Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie. And I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruin. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is a podcast. We ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for all you guys. Hallie, how are you? I'm good. I'm dying my, slowly dying my hair yes. pink. Yes. Um, Walk us through the stage you're in. Um, well, I like it. Thank you. Uh, I'm turning 40 this year, and I feel like if you're a lesbian over 40 or a queer woman over 40, you are obligated to either dye your hair. Like, you got to go full Jenji Cohen with it, I think. I think so, too. Or alternately, I, and she, I, I don't know if she's straight, consider herself straight, but straight. Uh, if you're going to be straight, I say go get a big wacky hat like Amy Sherman Palladino. You know mm, what I mean? That is also go an option. Big hat, dye your hair. And I think it just... I, I think I'm yeah. I'm leaning also. Um, I have a few picked out. Uh, more stupid tattoos. So I just I'm gonna get a tattoo. I'll show okay. you a photo. Um, yes, please do. Yes, I'm gonna um, get it next month. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I, I'm not. Um, I, I'm not here to. Nobody cares what I look like anymore. Does that make sense? No, I'm just like, uh, oh, no, I can just do whatever. Not you know? at all. But also, again, if you're younger than us, and many of you probably are, the earlier you can realize that it doesn't matter, and it's so hard because everyone tells you that. I know. I know it matters for other people, but for me, it matters. I got to do all this stuff. I understand that. There's something that shifted in me in the last, like, year or so. Oh, yeah. And perhaps the pandemic, like, accelerated it in a way Mm -hmm. that that I maybe wouldn't have. And I'm, like, I'm also, like, not dating at all. So I'm just, like, who gives a shit? Um, Yeah. But I have felt a very, like, I thought I... I thought I knew I didn't care, but yes. now I'm like, oh no, now I actually don't care. I feel the exact same way. And it's very, it's very strange. And I had to go to a lot of therapy for it. So it wasn't something that just happens. I'm sorry, yeah. everyone. No. If you're like, I should go to therapy, just go now. Go at 25. Yeah, go now. Get, knock this out by 30. Think of the things that you'll get to you'll if have you don't so hate much yourself. Time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so much better, so much mental energy. Um, I know. So I'm going to get something. It's sort of a variation on this. Uh, this. I'll shout out the tattoo artist. His name is Nick Brule. He's at Parlor 6 Tattooing in Tustin, California, in Orange County. And it's sort of a um, skull oh, I love with, it. with sort of a cartoony flower coming out of it. I like that. That Thank feels you. very you. Thank you. Splitting the difference of the two sides of who you are. That's <laughs> Really it. goofy and silly, but also obsessed with uh, yes. all things d- horrifically morbid. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Elson, how are you doing? I'm good. I kind of, I like, a couple weeks ago, I got like, I stayed in on a Saturday night and took an edible and was just like very stoned and ordered a ton of like apartment organizational things. Great, good. Mm -hmm. And like they've started coming and I feel like I'm really like changing my life. You know, I really, like I got like, I haven't had a jewelry box in a really long time. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't like had an organization, like I've just had all my jewelry like loose in like, Mm-hmm. Little velvet pouches and Ziploc bags in a um, 
drawer that I don't open. Like, and I was oh, like, yeah. I'm not- yeah, I've carried a fistful of jewelry from between the states uh, my yeah. whole life. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I don't wear most of my jewelry because it's like not accessible to me. And so like I got a jewelry box and then I had to get a shelf to put the jewelry box on. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I have a shoe rack that's on its way and uh, some hooks to hang my towels from the pool up behind my door. Like I'm really trying and it's to- it's all happening. It's all yeah, happening. Yeah, I got a bar cart to get all my liquor in one place and just really- nesting, which is like such a January thing to be doing. Yes, I love that. I actually have a, I have a new desk arriving. Ooh. I'll show you guys uh, once I get my apartment, <laughs> once I get my living room. Also, I realize when you see my apartment, you're going to be like, that seems about right. Yeah. Um, it's, got, it's gone in a very Pee Wee Herman direction. Um, oh. Not entirely under my control, but it's just oh, happening. These things happen. Um, but I also want to say that, that it, what you just described is an episode of 30 Rock where she goes to the container store yes. and she thinks my life will I'm finally be perfect. everything. Exactly. And that it all like melts in a fire into one piece. Hey everybody, it's Hallie. And Allison. This is an ad for our February 25th live show. It'll of course be at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific as it always is. And you can get your tickets as you always do at moment.co slash ruined. That's moment.co slash ruined. And come and join us as Hallie ruins... Human Centipede 3. We thought, look, it's Valentine's Day. Everyone's cozied up. Why not do something a little romantic? Yes, and if you are eager to listen to the first two, we did cover them for Patreon. Human Centipede 1 and Human Centipede 2 are on the Patreon, so you can subscribe to the tier where you get the extra episodes. And if you want to, listen to those before Sunday, February 25th, when we ruin Human Centipede 3 live. Though I'm, I'm not going to lie, you probably could piece it together. If, if you yeah. just had to start on three, I think you'd be able to put the pieces parts. But yes. either way, please join us on the 25th and you could uh, go get tickets at moment.co slash ruined and we'll see you there. See you there. Seamless segue plug. Um, if you are not a, a Patreon member, we just put oh. a bunch of videos onto Patreon that had not been there. We had some seeming tech issues with uploading for videos. For months. Yeah. For months. And it's like, All right, well, we finally got it dealt with, but we have the last, like, four ruined live shows that if you didn't get to go see those, they're all up now. So, I don't know. I think it's the $20 tier, which we understand is, of course, um, not nothing. So, I don't know. I'm not telling you to, like, join and quit, but if you're not in that tier, just join for a month and watch all of those because we've got really good, like, Tusk, Scream 6, uh, Megan with Naomi Paragon, which, I mean, I want to watch and have not mm-hmm. been able to, so. Um, knock at the Cabin. Did you ever say that one? Cab- yeah. Yes, yes. Um, which I'm still mad about. And, yeah. Um, yeah, please, please join us. We got a ton of old episodes. Um, and we're going to keep them, keep them coming, like this episode yeah. right now. Another yes. flawless segue. I mean, look at us, just doing the business. So this is, uh, we're continuing um, cold month. Yes. Um, it is, of course, stunning here in Los Angeles, California. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't even have socks on in my own home, which for here is like, you know, it's getting warmer. Yeah, that's something. How are things in New York? Um, today, it's like, it was raining earlier, and now it's just kind of like warm-ish, like high mm. 40s and cloudy. And I'm like, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I'll take that's- it. I do miss New York. Like weather. to put on like like a midweight coat and go for a walk. That's heaven. nice. Just heaven. Um, well, in this movie, I guess you'd be you could walk, you could walk for a whole goddamn month if you wanted to. That's right. We're doing 30 days of night. Mm. Um uh, which I I'm I'm 
I don't know if he's listening to this episode, but I always associate this movie with my friend Will, who nice. uh, was ta- uh, a friend of his was like, oh, I want to show you a, just over their house or whatever, uh, show you a documentary about um, Bar- uh, Barrow, Alaska, where they have 30 days of night. They have a full yes. uh, month of night. Pitching it as a documentary. And my friend was like, yeah, okay, that seems fine. And it's funny because and then the it was very- this. The very beginning, like the opening shot, and I will talk about like why, it does have the sense of like, oh, we're setting up like, oh, interesting. And also it's like, I would absolutely watch that documentary about that town. That's really interesting. 100%. Um, In the end, of of course, it is a uh, vampire movie and my friend was uh, (laughs) horrified. Um, But it is, of course, it is, uh, came out in 2007. It is based on the comic book of the same name and it's directed by David Slade. And it is uh, written by Steve Niles, Stuart uh, Beatty, and Brian Nelson. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, David Slade. What else has he done? Oh, he did. He did Hard Candy. Oh my god! Oh, amazing. Okay. Um, lo- loved that film. If you want, listen to go go to the Hard Candy. We've already done that for the pod. Yes. Um, done a ton of uh, incredible television, but Hard Candy again, one in a million. Um, and. Uh, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer for the movie. So, Allison, what did you think of the trailer for 30 Days of Night? Well, it, I am now watching True Detective Night mm. Country, which is, of course, kind of the same world, which is the above the Arctic Circle part of Alaska that does have no sunlight for a full month. And so it's, like, about solving a crime that happens during that phase, so it's like dark the whole time, which I'm I'm loving it. Uh, only two episodes are out when we're recording this. I, so need, by the it, time, I need to check. I need to. I, need I think to follow you. Up on it. I think you would enjoy it. Um, it's not horror, but like there's definite horror elements present. Um, and I got the same vibe from you know. It's just like oh, like weird things happen when it's dark all day, every single day. Um, I didn't like the long nail record scratch that yeah, I saw. I didn't like that at all. Long, wet, filthy nails scraping at it, scraping at everything. It's not one thing that doesn't get scraped with a filthy nail in this movie. Um, oh. And we also take a baseline scary. Allison, what do you think about how scary do you find the concept of vampires in the snow? I mean, I feel like of all of the kind of like monsters, they're the most prepared for it because they wear kind of like long coats. They have layers. That's a really good point. They layer. They have capes. Um, Now, what's a monster that wouldn't be prepared for the snow, you think? Frankenstein's just in a sports jacket. (laughs) Right. It's a really good point. He's not really ready. He's kind of more of a fall monster. Right. He's got the one jacket. He's like, I guess I'll wear that. He's like, this is it. But it's over a t-shirt. It's not even, you know. Ooh, September for Frankenstein. I know. Ooh, the fall leaves coming down. Oh, I love that Yeah, he really, he's such a, he's such an autumn boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like a werewolf is good for snow. Mm. I guess Um, a mummy, but that's like a light layer. That seems more of a spring thing. Very desert. Very desert chic. Oh, oh, there you go. Summer, summer weather. And yeah. then Blue Lagoon, maybe that's spring. Maybe, you know, spring things are thawing. The monster from the Black Lagoon, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So well, sorry. Wet, the Black wet Lagoon, stuff needs to be above 32 degrees, so. Yeah, absolutely. Or that's easier to beat, I guess. <laughs> do you find it <laughs> so, scary? Or is it just sort of like, eh, it's uh, no scarier I mean, than if they were just walking around? I think the darkness brings it to be very scary because there's no moment where they're not hanging out. Because aren't they, like, allergic to the sun? Yes, yes. And that is, of course, the problem with the town that they're going to be invading is that it it has 30 days of total night, 
which yes. is a long time for a vampire to be out. That's a long time. Yeah, they, they can get plans. a lot done. Um, yes, I, fall, I sometimes see, like, TikToks from this TikTok account of this woman who lives, um, I believe she's in, you know, Norway or, like, a Scandinavian country, way, way, way up, up at the top. So, like, it all, it also is, like, dark. Or maybe she's in Greenland or something. But it's, we'll like, never her, know. her name oh. is, like, Silka, and she's like, oh, hello, I'm... It's noon here, and it's, like, pitch dark. She's like, time to go for a walk. It's just, like, this very, like, delightful version of— I love that. —life when it's dark for for long periods of time. But, like, she's so, like, cheerful. But, like, she'll be like, well, we don't have plants anymore. And, like, it's just this, like, very strange juxtaposition. I know it's like so, you would get used to it, obviously. Or yes. if you're raised in it. But, like, thinking about that now, I'm like, I would be— uh, Let's just say uh, out in the shed. You know what I mean? I'd be mm. um, just fumbling around for something. You know what I mean? I'd it would, sleep it, the whole time. It would not be good. No. Um, also, I wanted to add before we started that this movie, when it came out in 2007, the name of the town is Barrow. And uh, in 2006, the town actually uh, voted to change his name to, and I'm going to try to pronounce it tonight. You know I apologize. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. But it's Utkaikvik. Uh, Utkaikvik. Wow. And. That feels- uh, Close. Listen, it's literally written out um, in the Anchorage, uh, the Anchorage Daily News. Uh, it's written out for people like me to try to pronounce. And uh, it is the local um, leaders, indigenous leaders. Uh, it's sort of a, the project of decolonialization. And I think that they're right to be like, well, we're the ones who live here. It stands to reason. 100%. Reason we don't have to use the name given to it by uh, Roquefort McGuire, in 1853, nope. and he was, of course, an, uh, from the Irish Royal Navy and just came and said, ah, we're going to call it uh, Borrow. So I think in 2016, everyone said, hey, we don't have to do this. We're allowed to name our own our own place. So December 1st, uh, 2016, it is now called, and again, I apologize to anyone who lives there or knows how this should be pronounced, Utkavik. So um, shout Great. out to that town. That's cool. I think that's beautiful. Cool as hell. Um, and then finally, knowing what you know, uh, which is very little, and uh, mostly from the trailer, what do you think the twist is? Would you like to guess the twist in mm. 30 Days of Night, Allison? Guess the twist. Would you say there's like a, a twist twist? That's a, yes. I would say at the ending, there is okay. a decision made that I'm like, oh, oh. okay. I wouldn't have, okay. wouldn't have expected decision. that to happen. Okay, I'm going to guess that they don't kill all the vampires and keep mm. some of them alive because there's, like, some kind of understanding that they're, like, important. Okay, great. That's a really excellent that guess. Like, that, like, it's like maybe they kill, like, a lot of them but, like, leave, like, one alive. Okay, I love that. Okay, let us begin. <clears throat> Ruining 30 Days of Night. We open on what at the time was called Borrowed Alaska, uh, and it's it's the it's written text on the screen, and it's sort of like disappearing in and out of the snow. So again, it does feel like the beginning of a documentary. It's like t- uh, lines of text, and we see mm-hmm. uh, it's the northernmost town in the United States. It's isolated in uh, 80 miles of isolated wilderness. It's cut off every winter for 30 days. So when this town happens, when the 30 days happen, not only uh-huh. is it 30 days of night, they basically shut down the town. So there are no flights in and out because it's just dangerous. Uh, yeah, they don't sell liquor, but you could if you. I mean, you could get liquor beforehand. You're allowed to drink it, but like they, the bars close. It's just like 30 days of everyone just like staying at home, staying home. 
and like just making the town run. And then once the sun goes back, they start doing flights out and, and out, you know. So it's sort of like just like okay. you're used to. Um, okay. Uh, title card, 30 Days of Night. We see a hollow-eyed man in a parka awesome. staring at a ship that is sort of run aground in the ice mm. um, off the coast of Alaska. And that man is played by uh, Ben, oh God, fuck, sorry. What is his name? Ben Foster. Mm. Who I always associate with dating um, Laura Dern, and yes. uh, he's great in this movie. Uh, he plays a real creep, and uh, he sort of we see him looking at the ship. Uh, we could sort of assume who's arriving on it, um, and he takes a turn, and the stranger walks towards town, and we see him walking across miles of ice and snow. He is alone, and it's daylight, right? Okay, so, so there he, is daylight now. Yeah, so it's daylight now. It's the day before uh, the month of night begins. So he finds himself. He's on the cliff overlooking Barrow. Uh, overlooking Barrow. It's gorgeous. I mean, like, you see the horizon. Stunning. Um, and everyone is getting ready in the town. Basically, a lot of people leave for the month. So either they leave to go do a job. They leave to go visit family. The town kind of clears stay somewhere out. that has sunlight, you know. Yes. Stuff yeah. humans like doing, I guess. Yeah, we see people getting ready. Like, someone's going to Portland. Someone's going to Seattle. Someone's going to go take their kids to visit their mother. Sort of like, oh, an opportunity to get the hell out of town. Yeah. Because if you stay, it's basically just you're going to sleep and you're, you know, working. Uh, we meet up with our protagonist, um, Eben Olsen, played by Josh Hartnett. It was I nice mean, to see him. Great to see him, you know? I know this isn't, like, recent or anything like that, but, right. like, it's just nice to see Josh Hartnett on screen. Absolutely. Great um, at and, horror. And then his uh, co- colleague and fellow officer, Billy Kitka. And we see them finding, in the snow outside town on that very cliff, a big mass of stolen satellite phones that have been thefted from the town that have been melted down. Clearly, they were set on fire. Okay. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, obviously, if somebody stole a satellite phone, that makes sense. They're valuable up here. You could resell it. To destroy something that is extremely valuable, why would you do such a thing? Well, you would do it, Allison, if you were trying to cut off people's way of contacting people out of the town, right? Yes. Um, and we, like, we look out, the sun is just hovering over the horizon, and Billy's talking about his wife. He's like, you know, I brought Peggy here on our first date. And he even said, we all did. Not Peggy, but, you know, our, our everyone's first date in this town. You go up is to the it? cliff, you see yeah. the, the sunset. It's beautiful. Um, and as they drive back into town, we see the sun start to dip below the horizon, and they arrive at the Barrow, Alaska population sign, like on the outskirts of town, and and even says, why even bother to do this? And Billy's like, no, it's a tradition. And he changes the population. In reality, this town has over 4,000 residents. But in the movie, he's switching it from 563 to five uh, to 152. So over 400 people are leaving today. And okay. there's a last okay. flight that they're all getting on um, out of town. Or maybe there's multiple flights. But today, everyone's leaving. 400 people are leaving town, and they'll come back in a yeah. month, basically. Um so we meet up with Stella, who is the fire marshal. And it's basically, she's heading back out of town. She works for the Alaska Fire Department for the state and basically goes around to all these little towns and just makes sure, make sure everything is up to date in their fire station. Okay, um, She also has the cuntiest blonde I've ever, like, I'm like, this Ooh. is a, you just think this actual woman is like, not getting her roots done every month. You know, be like, this is a, like, not that she wouldn't want to, but I'm like, her job is flying to remote Alaskan villages. She might let the roots grow out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's, she might be doing uh, more of a, a high highlight. Hair color is, is yeah. not the most logical 
style for someone with her life. But again, I did love that for her. Oh, I it's thought that so was fun. very fun. I'm like, sure, why not? And uh Cell is played by Melissa George, um, who's in a ton of things. Oh, Mulholland Drive. There you have oh, it. There you go. Um, and she's sort of quickly finishing up. She's talking to the fire chief, and he said, Oh, you headed out of town. And sort of talking to her. Um, his name's Adam. And he's like, you know, why don't you just stay here for the month? It's kind of an opportunity to, like, come revisit the town after you left. And maybe while you're here, you could sort of tell us why you separated from Eben because everyone wants to know what happened. Mm. And so apparently they broke up. She left to go work for the fire fire department. And everyone's like, why did they break up, you know? And to be fair, we, there's so few people there. If there was a divorce, you would want to know. It would be the talk of, of course. The town. Yeah, you, I mean, small town. You have to be yeah. up in everyone's business. I will also say everyone in this movie is like a, I mean, normal-looking, attractive person, but like a character actor that would live in a small town in Alaska with like a beard or like a yeah. woman with like a bob who works at the it's diner. It's not just a bunch of like, 20-somethings with, like, flawless skin. But then the main characters are Josh Hartnett and Melissa George, which is so funny. Like, they look, like it's like, if they if that person was in your town, it's like, well, she's the mayor. She's the yeah. queen of the town. What are we going to I mean, every single person would know who they are. And then they also make sense, like, like, yeah, if you knew that couple in that town, it's like, well, we are talking about you. You are celebrities to us. Yes. Um, but she's like, nope, I am headed out of town. I'm not doing that. I'm also not seeing even, so don't even... Not like don't tell him, but like I'm out of town, so like don't bring it up until after I leave, right? Right. Um, so we see everyone's packing up and everyone's heading to the airfield for last plane out of Dodge. Allison, unfortunately, we see Ooh. someone sneak up to a uh, corral of sled dogs and stabs them. And we see this uh, this figure, we don't see their face, s- sort of systematically murdering all the sled dogs in town. I'm sorry to tell you this. That seems unnecessary. Just let them go at least. <laughs> Well, well, the reason they're doing it is they first they got rid of the cell phones, and now they don't want the dogs alerting anybody or perhaps attacking or defending oh, anybody, see. right? So mm-hmm. they're trying to get rid of the things that would prevent uh, perhaps a group of arrivers, some tourists from showing up and taking over the town. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even sees Bo, who's the town snow plow operator. He cites him for leaking oil all over the street. And Bo's like, oh, my God, it, isn't that why we live up here is, like, there aren't laws or rules? And he was like, I have a police officer. I, I don't agree with you, you, you know, on yeah. this. Um, but he goes back in the car and even says, and Billy says, you know, you didn't have to give him a ticket. Like, it was just a mistake. And he even says, he lives all alone on the South Ridge. A citation now, again, reminds him he's part of a community. It's like, do you think that guy has money? Like, what, what? are you talking about? What you are know, you like, doing? Just invite him to go get coffee. Like, if you're yeah. part of a community. It doesn't have to be all, Yeah. Why, invite him to your church or whatever you're up there, you know? Allison, they get a call from Helen at Dispatch. She tells Uh-oh. him something bad has happened to John Reese's dogs. So this is the first flag of the dogs okay. being killed. Um, we see Stella is speeding to the airfield to get the last plane when she is T-boned by a giant piece of construction machinery. Then I'm going to hey. call a thresher. I don't know if that's what it's called, but I don't know machines. And so I'm going to refer to it as a this thresher. this is not a machines podcast. And the fact that you said be. that is already impressive to me. Um, and it was scary. She's T-bone. And then um, uh, the, the uh, sorry, the driver pops out, uh, Malachi, who is indigenous. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I started to skid and the, uh, the brakes locked up. And, the, and no Stella, obviously, is from town. And it's like, I'm so sorry. And she says, it's fine. I said, I'm probably going to miss the flight. So she has to call the only other person who's like, I know he has a car. She calls Eben. 
to be like, I'm in town. I didn't tell you. I'm leaving. Please come pick me up from this wreck and take me to the plane. Also, like, like, missing that flight sucks. Right. Yeah. 30 days. That's not like, ugh, I hope there's another one later. It's like, this is it. Yeah. And Ewan's like, you were in town and you weren't going to tell me. And she's like, can we talk about this on the drive? Like, I knew you were going to be, this is why I didn't tell you. Um, but instead, he he tells Billy to go pick her up. He's like, I'm not dealing with you. And also, I have to go find out who's murdering all the dogs. Um, so that he is tells a big Stella, question. I know. He even tells Stella, let me know if the day comes when you actually want to talk. And then hangs up on her. Okay. So clearly, you know, they have yet Things to, are tense. Yeah, things are tense. They have not sorted out why they got divorced. Um, even goes to John Reese's house. The dogs are brutally murdered. And John and his wife, Allie, are extremely fucked up about it reasonably. And they're like, not only is this horrible, this is our livelihood. This is how we live up here. These dogs are our, like how we, this is our job. So this person killed every dog we have. So even trying to be like, oh, did you have a fight with anyone recently? And John's like, well, not a slaughter all your dogs kind of fight. Like what kind of fight would it have to be, you know? He yeah. says, no, there's, I wouldn't be targeted for this. This is, this is insane. So now he was like, okay, great. So there is a, perhaps a new element in town. And he is, he or she might be murdering all the dogs, you know? Okay. Um, Something to keep an eye on. Uh, back at the station, we see Evan show up and he meets with, he chats with Helen. It turns out Helen is his grandmother. And then uh, the other guy working in the station is a 15-year-old named Jake, who is Eben's brother. And so it's kind of a family affair up at the police station here. Sure. Um, and we find out that Helen grows weed for her cancer, which is illegal at the time, but she's like, please don't narc on me. I needed it for chemo for my nausea. So, like, grow up, you know? And Eben, obviously, is a very rules guy. So he's like, I'll let it slide because you're my ailing grandmother. But, right. you know, unfortunately, there is a part of America that, like, would have happily thrown that woman in jail in the past. 100%. And probably will still win now, unfortunately. Yes. Allison, um, another call comes in. There's Uh-oh. been an act of vandalism at the Utilidor. And I was like, what? Is a utilidor. Yeah, is that? Um, I I've, don't. That's a word I've literally never heard before. Well, apparently it's a real word, and uh, it is short for utility corridor, and basically it's a uh, a utility facility, if you will. So it could have anything in there: uh, fiber optic cables. It could be for TV or phones. In this case, it is for all of the utilities for the town. So it's like garbage. Okay. Uh, you know, oh, they don't have Wi-Fi at the time, I imagine, but you know what I mean? Any telephones. So it's like anything that's sure. being run is being run out of this utility building. Um, and they say it's very common in cold climates because things can't be um, buried because uh, of the, like, below the frost line. So then all the utilities have to be above ground, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Who knew? Um, so he goes over to the Utilidor, and we all learned a new word today, so that's nice. That's fun. Um, and we meet uh, Carter and Wilson. Carter is the guy who works at the Utilidor, and Wilson is the helicopter pilot that flies in and out of town. And Carter tells Eben, I was running the trash compactor. So it's basically just like one of those like spiraling um, metal like claws that like you throw anything mm-hmm. in there, it gets crunched up and shoved yes. down. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like there's a lot of TikTok videos where people throw things at them. And, yes, you know, and I, it's really satisfying like that. And then also just like pressing down on something until it kind of like implodes and then explodes. And, yes. Yeah. There's uh, a lot oh, of yeah. good machinery TikTok for, you know. Absolutely. Whatever so, you want to call that corner of the internet. 
Um, yeah, crush and destroy. I'm yeah. not sure. Um, unfortunately, he says, I was running this. When I looked down and I realized what was in it, he shows them it is uh, Wilson's headset from his helicopter. But then Wilson says, "This somebody came to my helicopter and ripped, ripped out essentially half the mechanism and threw it in the garbage over here. Okay, They're trying so to the- destroy it. So that the helicopter is not flyable. Exactly. So the only other way out right now is the helicopter, mm. and it, it is not operable. Mm. Obviously, again, a cause for concern for even. I would be worried. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Stella arrives at the air airfield. Of course, it is simply too late. The last plane out of Barrow has left, so she is trapped here for a month. Right. Um. Even tells Helen, could we call Point Hope and Wainwright, which is like the next town? They're like 80 miles away through the snow and we can't really get there. But are they having anything weird? Is this like, is it just us? Like, is something happening that I we should know about? Um, but meanwhile, uh, Billy offers to let Stella stay with him and his wife, Peggy, and the girls. Um, but he's like, you can stay with us for a month, but the charge is you have to tell us why you and Eben broke up. And everyone in town, it's like, well, they were the they were the dream couple. They were the yeah. hottest people here. Of course, they were going to have together. Why? Also, you information, up? incredible currency. Yeah, um, we also see here even uh, reference the tribe, and our understanding is that Carter's wife and and some other indigenous people live outside town. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, you should have your wife come in during the month, and we could like hang out or whatever. And Carter's like, yeah, you know, I mean, she'll she'll come when she's ready, you know. Um, but I, I, obviously everyone in this town, town who, um, are seeing their livelihoods affected over the course of this day yes. also know there's no way to pay, repair any of this for another month. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. We then go over to the satellite cell phone station. So there is a cell phone station is specifically for satellite phones. That makes sense. The lights go out and Gus, the operator realizes, well, that's not fucking good. The no. cell phone station can't really go down. Bad. Nope. Really bad. Allison, he sees a figure outside, and as it begins to snow, mm. so he makes a tremendous mistake. Mm. He grabs a flashlight, and he go out, goes out into the darkness where there's a fucking blizzard starting. And we see, we hear sort of this shrieking, this animal groaning, and suddenly Gus is surrounded by people, and he is attacked by one of them who tears his throat out. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, in town, you know, everyone ends up at the diner. There's one diner. We see the man, the stranger, who wandered into town earlier. He comes up and says to the waitress, you know, I'd like to serve, I'd like to drink. And she says, we actually don't serve during the month, which is, I, I think, true at one point. I don't know if it's still true. Um, but, but if you already own it, you could drink it. And he says, I, oh, instead of a drink, I'd like to get a um, a bowl of raw hamburger, she says, well, obviously we don't do that here. That's like, not... Bitch, this is a diner. Like, what are you talking about? Can't give you raw hamburger. And the no. stranger grabs Lucy's hand and says, if you don't bring me what I want, what I want to eat, what I want to drink. Luckily, Eben has just walked in and says, hey, how about we go outside and talk? I don't know mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, you're the first per- time I'm seeing you uh, on a day when everything is falling to shit. It's hard for me to not assume that it's you, bitch. Yes, like, you yeah. feel very guilty. <laughs> Uh, the stranger immediately gets in Evan's face. He's like, what's wrong with a man? He wants a little refreshment. Oh, also, Ben Foster's doing an insane Southern accent, which I love. It has, like, oh. disgusting teeth. And Evan says, we're just going to go outside. And the stranger jumps up and says, I'd like to see you try to get me outside. And in classic, um, I think, movies in the 2000s uh, way, 
you hear the click of a gun being pressed against the back of the stranger's head. It is, of course, Stella standing mm-hmm. behind him, alerted, watching him be uh, aggressive yes. with Eben. Eben's like, they get, the fire department gave you a gun? She's like, it's Alaska. Everyone has a gun. What are you talking about? It's, yeah. Even handcuffs a stranger and sort of while he's doing it, talks to Stella. And he's like, yes, I obviously missed my flight. I'm going to stay with Peggy and Billy. But whatever. And of course, the idea that like, there's still, there's still something there. There's a little bit of spark there. Um, even hauls the guy out and Stella says, well, maybe I'll come say hi to Jake and Helen. Not you, but I'll come to the station and say hi. Um, me, of course, once Avon gets to the station, he's like, okay, so you fucked up the helicopter. You probably killed those dogs. Like, so what's going on, you know? Uh, and Stella then stops by to say hi to uh, Helen and Jake, who love her and are, like, excited to see that she's trapped in town with them for a month. Meanwhile, outside town, uh, there's a pipeline. And so there's a townie, Denise, who's inviting these two pipeline workers, Aaron and Gabe, back to her place. And the implication is that they were all going to fuck. And I'm like, listen, you got 30 days a night. What are you going to do, not have a threesome? I mean, that's kind of like the thing to do. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Gabe is pulled into the darkness by an unseen figure, and he is thrown his torn out. You better believe it. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, 30 days of, uh, of night. I would say 25 throats, and we're losing them uh, yeah, constantly. Yeah, um, so finally, at the station, even, you know, talks to the stranger. They have one cell there, so the stranger is in the cell, and he says, okay, so you weren't on the flight because I checked the uh, docket, and you didn't drive in because that's impossible right now, and mm-hmm. you certainly didn't walk 80 miles from the next town, so what the fuck? How the hell did you get here? Yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't have time to hear the stranger's answer because, as Helen notes, the computers have gone down. And the phones. Oh, no. And the stranger then says, and again, in this text, he's like, Mr. and Mrs. Sheriff, so sweet. Got no idea what's coming to him. Like, okay. <laughs> that accent work. And he says, Bar the windows. Try to hide. They're coming. This time they're going to take me with them. Honor me for all that I have done. And he even says, who are they? Yeah, what do you what mean you they're about? coming for you to reward you? Allison, slowly, as they look out the window, all the lights in Barrow start to go out. Allison, at that point, what would you do? Oh. What would you do? What would you do? I'm going to barricade myself into a basement with enough food for 30 days and a gun and hope to God that, like, no one bothers me. <laughs> Yeah, that's really the only option you have because it does, like, it obviously depends on the vampire, but there, there's few vampires that can, like, pass through concrete. Yeah, they you know are. I mean, they do have to find a door. Yeah, I think that they still, like, operate like people. Yes, um, yeah. In terms of, like, matter. Yes. <laughs> like, absolutely. They live on this plane with us somehow. So, yeah, I think I would definitely just be like, you're all on your own. I'm gonna go take anything I need to survive and, like, truly yeah. hide and hope to Disappear. God that, like, yeah, do everything wherever I am doesn't have anything that they need. Absolutely. And what do you think they need, Allison, if you had to guess? Yeah, probably, like, uh, throats and blood. 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 They're going to need some... They're going to need about 30 days of blood. So let's and see how, how many much do they need a day? Like, what's the... 
I'm going to be honest. I'm going to flag this now. I will say it is unclear what the, what, where, where, what or what kind of vampire we're dealing with. I also don't, we'll discuss again. I don't really think I understood their plan, like from the beginning. And I was like, well, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's stay out of my swamp for Florida, stay out of my hole for Arizona, stay out of my prickly pear for Texas, and stay out of my strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. Eben's like, okay, great. The fucking cell tower is down. So like we have no reception. So he's driving out of the cell tower. Unfortunately, we already know Gus is dead. So let's, we know he's going to find there. And he tells Jake, Stella, Stella and Helen, stay at the station, watch this stranger. And he actually handcuffs the stranger to the bars. Okay. Uh, just to make sure. So he arrives at the cell phone station. Unfortunately, it is, of course, totally dark. And the door is standing wide open in a blizzard. And Allison, he finds Gus's severed head speared on the top of a pole. No. Eben flips out and drives back to town. And he uses like this sort of, uh, what do you call it, intercom? Or like he's making announcements on the top of his truck. megaphone type. Yeah. And he's telling everyone, go get inside. You know, if get inside your home. If you don't have power, come to the diner because the diner has a generator. Uh, like, do not be alone. If you have guns, get them. And and like you said, hold yourself up because something fucking bad is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we see some families go over to the diner with their kids because there are kids in this town, you know? And so it's like, they're just like loose little kids. I was like, oh boy, that's not gonna be good. No, that doesn't feel good. Um, over at Allie and John Reese's place, Allie is pleading for John, like, just eat some food. But it's like, well, all his dogs were murdered. I, You know, I can understand having an appetite for a minute, yeah. you know? But as she's cooking, Allison, suddenly a body flies through the kitchen window, sh- spraying glass all over Jesus her. Jesus Christ. Allie screams, and the f- person stands up, grabs her, and drag—John uh, runs in to see a man dragging his wife out of the window. Oh, yes. This is in the trailer. And then under the house. Yeah. Getting dragged is an underratedly scary thing. Agreed, because you're, she, you're, she's frantically clawing at the at the window pane. There's glass in her hand. She's screaming. And you There's know you're not going everywhere. anywhere good. No, you're never They're not dragged. dragging you to like a Sephora. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're not being dragged from one part of the cruise to another. No. Um. So unfortunately, you know, uh, she has uh been taken under the home. 
Meanwhile, back at the station, Jake, Helen, Stella are playing. I couldn't tell if it was Risk or Monopoly, mm-hmm. but some game where they have little plastic pieces. And the stranger's just talking to them, like, just be like, there's no way out now. You could feel it. You could feel that, huh? That's death approaching. And they're all like, oh, what my God. Fuck, bro? And Jake, because he's 15, like, throws one of the plastic pieces at him. And he kind of falls outside the, the cell. And the stranger said, I'm going to take that plastic and I'm going to pick the lock. And he's able to sort of like grab for it right as Jake runs over. Okay. And when Jake tries to pick up the little plastic piece, the stranger grabs him through the bars and holds him. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, even busts in and shoots the stranger in the shoulder. And finally, he's like, let's get down to fucking brass taxes. Who are you and what did you do to Gus? Because I absolutely knew you're doing all this stuff and I know you killed Gus. So I know that you're a murderer. And the stranger says, you're already dead. You're all already dead. And I don't talk to dead, man. It's like, oh my God, dude. Like, not helping. Um, And he's like, well, I hope that we don't die because if we die, you'll be trapped in this cell for at least 30 days. You're dead, bitch. Yep. So he's not getting, the stranger's not providing any um, helpful information. Um, and even decides he and Billy, his uh, co-officer, are going to basically systematically search through the town, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like, if this guy keeps referencing they, there must be other people here we don't know that yeah. are doing all this shit. They're coming? Okay, let's go fucking well, who find are they them. And where are they? Yeah, we're not going to wait for them to sh- fuck up our town. I want to go out and find them. Which I'm like, that's what other option do you have? Let's go meet them. That's you know? all there is. Um, Stella insists on going. There's a lot of like, I'm going with you. You can't. Well, I'm going to. I love you still, (laughs) you know. Um, We're two hard-headed lovers and we will fall in love by the end of the movie. We are the hottest people here and we are destined to be together because of that. (laughs) Right. Um, So they get into their truck and they're driving only for even to see something on the road. They both mm. make a huge mistake. They stop the truck. They get out of the truck. Don't get out. And they leave the doors open. Insane. I guess maybe it's better to run in. I guess. And Stella uses her binoculars to see a distance. And of course, when she uses them, she stops and goes, get in the fucking truck. And they run back into the truck. Allison, what they're looking at is one of them running and leaping on top of the truck. And starts trying what? to punch through the roof of the truck okay. as the truck drives frantically back to town. And they're just chilling on the roof in motion. S- screaming, screaming. Yeah, clinging to the roof. But yeah, there's, I don't know what the game plan is other than I'm going to punch the roof and kill even and Stella. And like, do um, vampires have like super strength? Yeah. Like, this what do they have going yes. on? Um, in this situation. I know there's like kind of some variations on vampires. Like what? Yes. Great what's question. Their, what's their deal? So in this case, they have super strength. Okay. They drink blood. Yeah, of course. And they cannot be exposed to UV rays. Okay. Other than that, I don't know much about them. Okay. They kind of have like a very classic vampire, like Vibe. black leather s you know, like great hair, great skin, yeah. um, huge. Their teeth are, I think, a, a inter- their teeth are an interesting take on it. We're sort of like, they're like a jagged, like, mm. um... Shark mouth almost. Mm, shark so not mouth. just the classic shark fangs, teeth. but like a, and to match their disgusting, filthy old nails, right? Well, the filthy but old they, nails, it, it seems a little incongruous to the the elegance of vampires that I normally I associate. <laughs> like, I think of vampires as like super clean, well-kept, like mm-hmm. very sharp. Um, and so the rest the, of them the dirty look nail like is, you know, just a, an odd choice, but it was <clears> scary. <throat> so I guess it works. 
Um, I completely agree. And I feel like that, seeing that, it's like everyone has a great haircut. Yeah. Everyone has like a nice coat, good skin. Yeah. And then shark teeth, disgusting, filthy nails. But yeah, like okay. one woman's wearing like, a vampire woman's just wearing like a sleeveless shift dress. So I guess they don't get cold. Okay. They have coats on, I okay. suppose, for the look. But um, some of the some of the vampires are short sleeves, no sleeves. So, and that seems nice. I mean, it yeah. makes sense why you'd be able to go here. It's like yes, if the cold yes, yes. wouldn't bother you, you can't be killed, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but looking very chic, all kind of coordinated with one another, which I do assume they talked about. Like, so what are we wearing? How are we doing this? Um, even uh, while, while they're frantically driving, driving, Stella's driving, even shoots up into the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. And the person on the roof shrieks, and then it's uh, Stella stops the truck short in a classic movie move, and the person flies out. And I think that's the first time they see them and realize they don't use the word vampire until re- till later. Okay. I'm going to say vampire. This is a vampire. He's not a regular this guy. Isn't just a he's guy. Got, just got crazy teeth. Uh, you know, he's doing, he's being crazy. So you, they're like, okay, so that's a vampire. That's what we're dealing with, right? They speed back to town. There's a truck overturned, consumed into flames. We, didn't even under, we don't even hear about what happened with that. Oh, that's just kind of scenery. Yeah, so chaos is just coming to town. And over the radio, we hear Helen sobbing and screaming. Oh. Allison, when they get back to the station, they find blood sprayed all over the walls. No. And the cell door open. Helen is gone, but the stranger's still there, and he looks so disappointed. Okay, well, that is weird. And he says, they didn't take me. They didn't give me my reward. It's like, oh, yeah, the vampires tricked you, you stupid bitch. Yeah, you're not one of them. Yeah, he's supposed to be, well, it's like in Dracula. What was his little friend that helped him? Oh, yeah. Dracula's little buddy. Little little buddy. (laughs) Let's see. Um... Renfield, yeah. Oh, sure. So that did pull it off. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google, for coming through. Um, but yeah, so he, I think he's a Renfield because like, he can go out in daylight. He was preparing the town. But then it's like, why would a why would a, a, a vampire reward you? They they got you, bitch. You already did all the work. Yeah, they don't. What? Yeah, they're keeping you around until they run out of other blood. Also, Jake is gone, and he refuses to tell them what happened to Jake. Okay. So even even basically is like, oh, I'm ready to kill this guy. And the stranger says to even finish me off. I, I should just die. I'm not going to get my reward. And even's really tempted, but Stella's like, hey, it's still kind of early to be just shooting people in a jail cell. So let's, yeah. we'll leave him locked up here. That's fine. Um, meanwhile, we then finally see a group of the vampires together. I ca- up until now, we'd only seen the vampires through the lens of our characters, and I thought okay. that was a lot scarier. Yeah. And then we see them together. I'm like, it's like it's like a, it's like a hey. AA meeting yeah. or something. Yeah. It's just sort of like okay, it's like, all it's right. bit, like I don't want to go to that bar. Like, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. This is one big polycule. Um, they probably are. I can't imagine <laughs> at that point. Once you're together for hundreds of years, you can't imagine everyone. Yeah. Up everybody. I assume it's just like yeah. swapping back and forth. Yeah. Partners. Um. So they got that going for them. And we see them talking to each other in a croaking foreign language. I, I'm going to try. I, I, there's, there, it's not, um, it was a, a, not a real language. It's de- it was developed with the help of a New Zealand linguist, which oh, is interesting. That's cool. And also they shot this in New Zealand, which I, I also thought was oh, interesting. interesting. It's not shot in Alaska or Canada, which I think now everything is shot everything in Canada. Everything shot in Canada. Yeah, so I'm like, well, maybe there was, like, some deal with New Zealand. Yeah. And again, it could have fooled me, you know. Um, but, yeah, so they're, they're speaking in this sort of, like, whispering, hissing, 
um, like vampire language. That I guess we're to believe is like so ancient. You know, it's not Transylvanian. It all, yeah. Yeah. And so obviously they took the ship that grounded itself in ice, sort of like, um, you know, the uh, Dracula took it, taking the ship mm-hmm. to England. Mm-hmm. We just had that movie come out, which we did not. The Voyage, what the fuck was that called? The Voyage of the, um, all right. Well, this is nothing. Thank you, Google. Oh, back um, to Dracula's ship. All right, great. Um, last Voyage of the Demeter. So they were on their own voyage heading to a town, fortunately, that they were hoping would be perfect for them. It is because it's uh, Yeah, this is like made for them. Exactly. And so he, the, the head vampire tells the rest of his vampire polycule, um, don't turn them. You must decapitate them. Because you don't want more vampires, I guess. In this movie, you don't want more vampires. Other vampires constantly want to turn people, but... Okay, and, so they're trying to says, keep it kind of like, we're the only vampires. We're just looking for food. Yes. We're not looking for new yes, friends. Yes, we're just feeding I'm, them. They're not here to make yeah. friends. They're just here to rip throats. <laughs> um, and he says, we should have come here ages ago. Over at the diner, we see Carter Wilson and Wilson's elderly dad, Isaac, along with Lucy, the waitress, and a handful of other people, including some kids, hold up. Because they have a generator and yeah. there's food, you know. Um, one of the guys, Doug, says... You know, I shot one of them, and I just kept shooting, and it didn't stop them. But not everyone has interacted with the vampires yet, so Carter's like, that's not possible. Like, you must have misfired. No one could survive something like that. It turns out everyone's dog has been killed. This is where we find out every sled dog has been Jesus. killed in the town. Um, now, do Denise vampires, like, is that useful blood for them, or is that kind of just— I don't think so, okay. because it doesn't look like the va- the dogs were drained or anything. Okay, they're just dead, so that there's no— I think so. Okay. Yeah, just so they— And I'm sure that, alert. like, dogs would sense their vibe and get real riled up. Absolutely. If we if we could sense it just seeing their haircuts and their great coats, yeah. I think we know. Yeah. Um, Denise is there, and she's obviously shaken, says, they took Gabe, and then they took Aaron. So those two guys she was going to fuck, they both got taken by vampires. That's too bad. And Jake finally tells them they killed Helen, my grandma. So everyone is terrified, and everyone is, okay, so we're fucked. Like, there, there's a group of people straight up murdering everyone, and we're trapped here for 30 days. Now, right? are the people trapped aware that they're vampires, or do they just think they're people? This is, I think, we're just piecing it together. Like, like this oh, conversation, these are human, okay. yes. Like, they'd be like, well, I shot them and they didn't die. And then the other people are like, well, that's not possible. So, like, they're going to try to noodle okay. out. got it. So, right now, I do think they think they're just, like, a maniac group of people, which is But some of the details than... are starting to be like, mm, maybe yes. that's more than that. Exactly. Um, uh, we also see Adam, who's the fire chief, at home with his wife, Jean. They Their house is just bum-rushed by the vampires. They come in through every, you know, window and door. The husband shoots one of them point-blank in the chest. It doesn't work. And we see the vampires murder them and start feeding on them. And they are all sort of screaming and throwing their heads back in this, like, bloody ecstasy. And after that, Allison, the vampires are off the fucking leash. They're literally dragging every other resident out of their house into the street. So it's, like, this very well done and cool uh, overhead shot of, like, different vampires attacking people. Uh, And then, like, blood spraying and staining the snow. That's fun. So it's, like, we're going down the street and just seeing people, like— you know, and then meanwhile, people are shooting the vampires, and there's blood coming out of the vampires, like, but it's out of not their wounds. Killing. It's not killing them. Interesting. 
Now, one of them gets shot in the head, and that would at least slow you down. You'd think. But, so that I'm like, you'd think at least, tr- let's start with, we'll shoot him in the head, and we'll go from there. Right. I wanted a little more, like, what's the plan with that? But yeah. either way, it's mayhem, and there's no escape. So everyone who is, like, in their home, you know, is basically going to be dragged in the street with their throats ripped out and then have the vampires scream in excitement at this guy. Um, Eben arrives at the diner and shuts off the light so the vampires don't find them and, and sees Jake because he didn't know Jake had, been, had survived and the vampires had taken him. And everyone's like, oh, great, Eben's here. So what the fuck are we all going to do? Mm-hmm. And he says there's only one thing you can't do. We have to find a safe place to hide Take, get enough supplies, and we have to hole up for 30 days. There's no other way we're getting out of here. We will die. Like, if we walked out of town, we'll just freeze yeah. to death. Right. So, yeah, 80 miles yeah. is far enough that, like, even if you had, like, a snowmobile, that wouldn't really yes. be a sustainable path out. And it would also just Which be, like, is, one person. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, it's beautiful. Like, if you grew up there, you you just get, everything's normal to you. Right. But there is something about that where it's like, yeah, I it would be hard not to be near other things, in, yeah. not in case of vampire attack, but yeah. just in general. It's just like you know? 80 miles is a long distance for if you need yeah. anything to, from another area. Yeah. So they're all kind of like brainstorming like where to go. And Dee says, I think Carl Kelso's attic is a good place. It's basically built into like the ceiling so you can't tell it's there. It's really big. We There's enough room for all of us. And I think Carl is out of town. So, um, and even it's like, great, let's just go there. Um, we... Have we put Carter uh, from the uh, uh, Unidor Utilidor? He's at the lead. He's like leading the pack. He says, "You guys go on, and I'm we're gonna sort of like bring up the rear, right?" Mm-hmm. And uh, we see even sell it go. They get uh, bear traps. They get a bunch of different, you know, accoutrements. Unfortunately, when they're driving through town to uh, meet the other group with their accoutrements. A group of vampires attacks their truck and lifts it off the ground and it flips it over. No. So now the truck's out of commission it's and they can't like, get their stuff out of it. And they're being attacked by vampires, Allison. I mean, I will say, like, they're efficient. Yes. The vampires. And we'll get into the end of because at this point I'm just like, well, so what happens when you eat everybody? There aren't that many people in town. Right. Yeah. There's only like a hundred some people and there's a group of you. I don't and know. Also, what what happens? Like people will eventually. If people after a, a month, people will come back, and then they'll find out that what you did. Right. So what's the plan then? Right. When three hundred people show, I mean, I guess like if they're super strict, like if they, I, I don't know. I don't know what their end game is. I and and it never becomes clear. Oh, good. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> Fortunately, even and Stella obviously are terrified, but luckily, Bo, the town snowplow driver, is still out and about. So he slams his snowplow into the gang of vampires, squishes them against a wall, doesn't kill them, but at least gives Eben and Stella enough time to jump in his snowplow and they drive over to Charlie Kelso's um, to go hide in the attic. They get there. Luckily, Carter and the rest of the people get there and they're safe. So that's it. They're going to hole up in this attic for, for 30 month. fucking days, right? And this is still the and first for- night? Is the first night, I also. mean, that's a long month. That's a long goddamn month. So they get, there's like a great shot of the town, which is like, Things are on fire. There's just, like, blood everywhere. And you just hear a woman screaming in the distance. Also, blood everywhere, like, wasteful. Well, that's the other thing. It's like, if that's what you're drinking, if that's what you need, just, like, blowing people's heads, like, like, just, I don't know. Yes, it's like, either I could see 
you know, oh, we use one person at a time and we're going to, for 30 days, we're going to drain these Slowly. people and leave. Yeah. I see that. That makes sense. I also see, we're going to attack this town in an orgy of violence and then we're going to leave. I see that too. But but yeah, what they're doing, and then they end up staying for like 30 days. Yeah, so that, that's what I don't understand. That doesn't quite right. track do, for How me. much blood do they need? They, they obviously love the killing, but the drinking. Right, and if you kill everybody at the top, I don't know if it stays yeah. good for a month. Well, maybe because it's cold. Maybe because it's cold, yeah. And it's like also like, then you don't get to do any killing. And then like, then what are you guys up to for 30 days? Just hanging out? Just hanging out. Just hanging out. They must be so tired of each other. That's, yeah. I mean. Um, so uh, up in the attic, Jake says, I saw these people eat my grandma. They're like vampires. I'm just, he's, he's always like, I'm going to okay. say they're vampires. Yeah. And Stella says, that's not possible. Vampires don't exist. And it's like, bitch, you saw what appeared to be four or five normal people physically grab your truck in the air and flip it. Yeah, it's just not. Whatever word you want to use, they have yeah, some sort of supernatural power. Yeah. Yeah. They're people. Hey, they're just people eating people. Yeah. Okay, we don't have to use labels. Um, and then even gives them a pep talk where he's like, you know, we know this town better than them and we could survive the cold. And it's like, well, they're undead. So I yeah, think they can be fine with that. got a leg up on you there. Meanwhile, back at the station, the stranger is still handcuffed in the cell. So he was le- he le- got left there. Really and that's curious to find point. out what this guy's whole deal is. Well, you won't. So I'm sorry. What the va- the vampires arrive okay. and one of the the head vampire kneels down and says, "We will take care of you for all you've done for us. To Here's the- your reward." To the stranger. Yeah. Um, he takes care of him. All right. He just fucking rips his head off his shoulder. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. Bitch, you're so stupid. Yeah. Don't help a vampire. That's on you. Egg on your That's decapitated on you. face. <laughs> That's on you. Um, in the attic, uh, we see even uh, Stella talking to Even, and she says, you know, I guess it's good you didn't want kids. Imagine what, what the situation we'd be in if if we did. So I think that's the thing. I think we're going to think that they broke up because Even did not want children. Okay. Well, I'm um, available. <laughs> listen, but also we're going to be in the attic for 30 days. So let's go to these yeah, fucking yeah. boots and knocking. Outside, they hear glass breaking. And they realize, oh, it's the Clark's place. It's the house sort of like on the same block. And they start to be like, Doug and Lucy are the first to panic. Like, so they're on the block. They're going through everyone's house. We have to move. We have to keep moving. Like, I don't, they're going to yeah. eventually find yeah. us. Even though some people are like, no, we're quiet up here. They won't. It's like, also, we don't know if they can smell humans. We don't know anything else about them. Yeah, right. And we, I also don't know the answer to that having seen the film. I don't think they can or they would have smelled people yeah. by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so even says, we're staying here. We're rationing our food. And when the time is right, we will go to the general store, mm. get more supplies, and then uh, go to the utilidor, which is outside town. And we got, that's more of a fortress. We could shut down. Yes. But at least for right now, if they're, if they're right on our ass, we're going to hunker down here. Mm. Allison on the screen, day seven. So a weekend. Wow. Allison, they look out the window, because there's like a little attic window. Mm-hmm. They can see what's going on. They see Kirsten, a woman with a broken, bloody hand, walking down the street, screaming for help. Carter, of course, says, we have to go help her. She's out there alone. But he even says, that's bait. They're using her for bait. Yeah. And he points out, as she walks down the street, there's a bunch of vampires standing, essentially on the roofs, watching her. Yeah. And so, like, we can't do that. That's and tough. Kirsten... Yeah, reaches the end of the street and the vampires surround her. She's like, no, I did what you said. I, Please, God, I, you know. And the head vampire says, God? No, God. And killed her. Kills her. 
Um, Eben's not made of stone, though. Uh, so it's like he did go outside. You're like, well, maybe I could. But then he's watching them. Literally goes outside, just sees them eat this woman. She's like, well, yeah, that wasn't really going to help. Unfortunately, all of a sudden, when he goes outside, he stops and he sees John Reese under his house. We know okay. that John's been down there probably for around about a week, which probably means he's not a person anymore. I wouldn't think so. Unfortunately, Eben doesn't know that. And it is dark. So it's like, for us, it's like, okay, he's obviously vampirized. Like, you can see he got pointy teeth. And I think we're to think that he was injured. Like, his wife either scratched him or bit him while he was trying to rescue her. So he did turn. So he has not been killed. But that's even worse then. Because it's like, at least he was killed, he could fucking die. And another one. So, not knowing this, Eben goes to help John to try to get him out, realizes the vampire, and ends up in a fight with John where he has to cut off John's head with an axe. Oh! And you hate to do that to a neighbor. That feels like, yeah. like, it's already an unpleasant task, but then, like, it's also very physical. <laughs> Absolutely. And just blood sprayed everywhere. Aye. And I think it's like, that is the moment where we would decide, okay, in order to kill these vampires, we will be cutting off their head. There's no formal decision made. Yeah. But, you know. It seems like um, it's working, so let's, like, at least follow yeah. that to its end. So uh, even goes back into the attic and realizes that he has lost his inhaler, which to me is somebody who uses an inhaler as an emergency inhaler. The idea of being in this situation and also you've lost your inhaler. No. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Mm. Allison, they all go to sleep for the night. In the night, Wilson's dad, Isaac, who has been sort of, you know, he's been like, talk to your mother, ask your mother. I want you to know who your mother is. His mother has passed away, you know. So the implication is Alzheimer's or maybe he's like sort of experiencing this because of the stress of the situation. Mm -hmm. He gets up in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep and he opens the attic door and starts to walk down. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm going to walk to Wainwright. Again, Wainwright being like 80 miles away. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, Fortunately, Stella and Wilson are able to grab Isaac once he's downstairs and he's sobbing. And then they finally address the bathroom issue, which is where I was like, where where are you shitting in the attic? Where are you pooping and peeing? So I don't know if this is like a regular toilet or like some sort of toilet where you know the water's going to freeze. So basically they have a toilet, like oh. don't flush. We can manually open the valve to to let it out, right? So do not flush the water. Okay. Also, there'll be a sound. Right. So you could use the toilet, but then you have to manually release some part of the toilet. So they let this guy who is clearly very confused into the bathroom with a lock. He immediately locks the door, of course. And, uh, you know, uh, his son starts pounding on the door like, dad, dad, dad. And they finally get it open. Isaac has escaped out the window. Okay. Stella tries to stop Wilson from going. He's like, he is my father. I have to go get him, even if he's wandering outside with a bunch of vampires. And he sort of like pushes Stella away from him and she falls and hits her head. I think just as a way to like, that she wouldn't immediately stop him. Like there's just, so we had to create some sort of a, 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 a kerfuffle. Um, uh, even hears them talking downstairs and he runs downstairs and he grabs Stella right as a vampire enters the house through the window. And it, fortunately, the vampire didn't see them. Instead, they hear Wilson outside calling, Dad, Dad. So the vampire that has entered goes back outside to uh, eat Wilson and his father. Yeah. And of course, Wilson and his father are dragged away into the snow and to their doom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Stella and Eden even return to the attic. And even says, you know, it's hard to stop when your family's at stake. I understand him going after his father. The lengths you go to save your own. And Stella says, we were like that once, weren't we? No time to fall in love again, you two. Because there's a vampire in the fucking roof. Of course there is. 
running around like a goddamn asshole. They're up keeping there. eyes on you guys. So he tells them, look, a blizzard's coming in. We can see the squalls start to blow. That's actually the perfect time. So if we want to move, which I think we should move because now the vampires are literally in the house. That is like smart. it's a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So under the cover of the blizzard, we are going to try to move to uh, the Utilidor. It's safe. We could barricade it. It's like a more of a, it's a proper setup for this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Plus it has supplies. Um, they're going to stop at the general store on the way there. Mm-hmm. and even gives them all assignments. You know, like, you get Carter, this. you're going to get batteries. Lucy, you're going to get canned goods. So everybody, we're here for two minutes. Um, he's able to get an inhaler for the pharmacy as well. So I'm like, grab antibiotics. Like, get anything yeah, for the pharmacy. Up. Yeah. Unfortunately, while they're all gathering, they freeze and they hear a man sobbing at the back of the store. And they turn and see it's a little girl eating a person. And she turns to them, and this is where I'm like, okay, we're getting a little, because they've been playing it really dead serious, you know? And she's like, I'm done with this one. Want to play with me now? Yeah, now it's like a whole. Yeah. The little girl attacks them, and Jake is forced to decapitate her. Mm. Um, Not great. And Denise says, wait, does anyone recognize this little girl? And no one does. Allison, they look outside. The blizzard has ended, which means they're now stuck here. Which is fine because it's a pharmacy. Yeah. But they didn't make it the Utilidor. So we're going to hole up here. Day 18. Worst places to be stuck. A hundred percent. Honestly, a huge upgrade. L- huge. Right. So they're there. And finally, they, there's going to be like bad weather again. It's like, okay. So was that little girl like someone who came with kind of the, the group? Or was she I think turned? that's the implication because it's never addressed again. Oh, good. So I think it was their child of a vampire child that was brought okay. with them. Well, at some point, someone's going to have a child. Right. Well, that's a good point. Um, so it's eight, day 18, and they're waiting to go. And Carter says, okay, I'm going to say it. You know, we could get to the Utilidor if we, someone was willing to create a distraction. So one of us decides how maybe we could lead them astray, and the rest of us could run to the Utilidor. Uh, it's like, yes, in theory, but. Yeah. And they're trying to brainstorm what how to do this. And Stella's like, well, you know— Grandma Helen had that, like, grow light in her house, like a UV light to grow weed, because you can't just, like, get it, you know? We're in Alaska, um, so in a small town. It's like, what if we lured them to her house and then hit them with the UV light? Bo's like, we don't know. These are, we don't know what these are. Just because it's in a Dracula movie doesn't mean it's going to happen, and those people are going to be willing to die. Yeah. But honestly, they're like, well, what what's the other option? Here? Yeah, it's you know, like, like kind they're of going to come find road. us. yeah. So, Eben, because he is a stand-up guy, he and Jake insists on going. Eben, of course, argues with him because he's a teenager. But Jake says, fuck you, I'm going. So, they run outside screaming and drawing attention to them. And they run to Helen's house. They're able to start her generator because they okay. need the light. And the other ones, as soon as they get moving, the vampires attack the other group, leaving the pharmacy. They rip Doug's throat out immediately. So, the gang has to run and hide in the sheriff's office. Um, the vamps descend on Grandma Helen's house just as they get her UV light. And uh, the vampires come through the front door and the first person through is a, a female vampire. Mm-hmm. They hit her with the UV light. It fucking works, Allison. <gasps> okay. She is charred and falls screaming into the snow. And the head vamp yeah. comes to her. She's like half burned. And he says, you know what I have to do? And she says, yes. And he tears her throat out. So I think it was a mercy killing. Okay. Um, and Bo says I like that they Stella, have a code. <laughs> Absolutely. Within their crew. Bo says to Stella, 
I appreciate what Eben and Jake did. Now it's my turn. I have to help them because the vampires are still around Helen's house. So he goes to Malachi's thresher and he starts driving the thresher through the town in a great, this is a great scene because it's Bo, this old crotchety snowplow guy driving this gigantic piece of snowplow equipment. He's driving through town, running over vampires, firing his shotgun at them, (laughs) ramming him with the thresher part. And then this is what doesn't make sense. He then crashes in the the, uh, machine into a building for seemingly no reason. Oh. And I thought that was so funny where it's like, you could have made him lose control. He just plows into a building because he wanted to. All right. And as the vamps descend on him, he's shooting them and then he runs out of bullets. And he tells the vampires as they start crawling into the, he sort of is hiding in this building he's run into. They start crawling in the windows. He says, you're not going to get me. And he lights a flare. He has a big box of them. He lights a flare and he drops it into the box of flares and the building explodes. Unfortunately, Bo does not die. He is blown free. And now all the vampires are showing up around him. And the head vampire says to him, because the head vampire could speak their okay. vampire language, but also could speak English. Helpful. And he says to Bo, when a man meets a force he cannot destroy, he must destroy himself. It's like, that seems like that no. doesn't apply to this. That's not, like, you, yeah, you're, you're about to kill really me, you're a vampire. Is, but sure. Um, Eben sort of staggers over to the sheriff's office, and he and Stella embrace, thank God, we both survived it. And also, this is where I saw she takes down her hood and she has this insane blonde. Yeah. Like, like Marilyn fucking I mean, Monroe blonde. It looks incredible on her, but I was like, this is impossible. She would do highlights. Yeah. She'd be able to grow it out for a couple of months. You know what I mean? Um, and she says, we're down to six people. And Carter turns around and says, soon there'll be five. Mm. And Carter turns, he's turning. And they're like, what happened? He's like, the little girl in the store bit me when we were sort of wrestling her to the ground so Jake could decapitate her. And he's turning. Okay. But it's, it's taking a minute, so he's still human. And he's like, even I didn't want to tell you before, but the reason my wife didn't come visit is that she and the kids, they were hit by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say when, but I'm assuming recently, they died. And he says, They're waiting for me. I can't live forever. I can't. Don't let me. And Stella's like, no, don't do this. And it's like, but there's literally it no other right option, and do. that's the right thing to do. Like, yeah, you know you're turning that's into gonna a, kill a Dracula. Other people. Like, Things are not doing well. Get it over with now. Yeah. Uh, and even takes Carter into the office, closes the door in the sheriff's office, and you hear him chop his head off, and then you hear the head hit the okay. ground. Allison even emerges, and I finally have to ask you at this point in the podcast— Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? So we got Eben, Stella, Lucy, Jake, and Denise. I think Eben and Stella will make it and perhaps carry on a new relationship uh, in the post-vampire world. I like it. I like it. Um, I think we still have like at least one or two more deaths from Mm -hmm. our core crew, so... Now, keep in mind, Jake is a teenager, if that helps you at all. Okay, so maybe Jake survives and the other two die. Yeah, great. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, 
stay out of my prickly pear for Texas and stay out of my strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. I don't, I actually didn't see another day thing and I went back and was trying to figure out when it passed, but mm. time has passed. So I'm going to say it's day 21, okay. right? So this is like, we're on the third week of the month and then we're, we're at the sheriff's office, right. we're holed up. As they look outside, they, um, we see them sort of flashing a flashlight through the window to try to signal if anyone else is mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And they see a flashlight responding from another attic. And Jake says, okay. that's Billy's house. The, your, you know, the other officer. And they're like, oh my God, Billy or somebody in his family is still alive. This is the saddest part of the movie, girl. Even in Stella, like, oh, if, if Billy's alive, we should get him and bring the family. They, they could be with us. It's just safer. They go to the house and Billy is um, out of his mind and it's sort of like, Become sort of like grown out beard, you know, sort of um, yeah. Howard Hughes situation. And they see in his, in the master bedroom, in bed, are three bodies, his wife and the two kids. And he has clearly shot them all through the head. Oh, God. And so he sad. Them, like, I, I know. He's like, I couldn't let them get to them. I know. I, I couldn't let it happen. And even like yells at him. He's like, you never hurt your family. Never. And it's like. This, yeah, I agree, this, I agree. Yes. But also, uh, you got to give him kind of a little slack. This is a situation where— This is beyond, like, yeah. you know, I'm a police officer and sometimes bad things happen. Like, this is so outside right. of things you should have to, like, mentally prepare for in life. Right. That being said, I will never do that if, if I if, no. if God blesses me. But I do wife, want someone uh, we'll to be do it to me at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, maybe you have to flip a coin and get decide who gets to die. Yeah. Um. And he says, "I tried to kill myself last, but I ran out of bullets. <gasps> oh, so that's uh, so I've just been here. Oh, that's with awful. Their bodies. That's so sad. I know. They grab Billy, take him back to the sheriff's office. By the time they get back, the uh, everyone else is gone. So uh, Lucy, Jake, and Denise are gone from the sheriff's office. So they have to pray that they took the opportunity. They just went to the utilidor. Like, we're like, we have to pray because there's no evidence of vampires in here. So they must have moved on. They had an opportunity. So let's go to the utilidor. Mm -hmm. I think this is just a way to get 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 them separated again. But that's fine. Um, So they're trying to make their way out. Of course, the vampires are in the streets. And there just aren't that many living people anymore. So they 
Stella, even, and Billy take the opportunity to also start crawling under the houses. So I don't know. This might be true. I'm not sure. Probably it would be because you probably can't dig a basement. It went, like if there's like. If it's frozen. Yeah. If it's frozen. So there's space underneath each house. They're sort of crawling. And then we see a girl, a human girl, one of the girls from town, a little girl named Gail Robbins. And Stella, again, Stella, that mothering instinct that she didn't get to fulfill with mm-hmm. Eben, she sees Gail walking on the street and, and rescues her. But of course, the girl is bait. So one of the vampires, instead of attacking Stella and Gail, starts trailing Stella. Because okay. the this smartly, the vampire's like, oh, she's going to meet up with the rest of them, and then we'll be able to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. All right. They're not wrong. So Stella and Gail are separated. Even and Billy get to the utility door. Fortunately, everyone else has made it. But they're missing Stella and Gail, which obviously even is terrified. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, okay, great. I saw the woman I am clearly in love with, and now a vampire is probably eating her as we speak. We then see the head vampire worse. give a monologue where he's like, <laughs> like, I can't do the voice, obviously, but it's essentially that. And he says to them, we worked for centuries during which we were only bad dreams. Um, destroy them all. And I was like, so this was the plan? You worked for centuries. So you just... For, for like 70 people? Right. I'm like, well, you guys should have thought more about that. You commissioned a wow. boat. You could have gone it anywhere. It feels so short-sighted. It doesn't... It didn't make any goddamn sense. When he, I was like, huh, okay, well, you know. I, I guess, guy. Um... So we, see Bill, we see Billy at the utility door. He's losing his mind, obviously, because he shot and murdered his whole family. And yeah. he is sort of whole, he crawls up into like this industrial attic space to hide, I think, sort of. But of course, yeah. a vampire has has watched them uh, arrive at the utility door, and the vampire is close behind. Everyone else uh, gets together, try to batten down the hatches, sort of create sort of a, a command center for themselves. And even tries to call Stella on his walkie-talkie, which they had picked up at this sheriff's office. She's not replying. So she, last time we saw her, she had a walkie-talkie. She's not picking up. All right. Billy Billy calls for the others, and everyone's sort of like, oh, where's Billy? Where is he? And as he calls them, they hear him being um, torn apart by a vampire cool. in the distance. And they run to him, I mean, which I thought was nice. I'm like, I would be running the other way at this point. Yes. You know, you see what's see happening. And he is wrestling with the vampire in front of the grinder. And his arm gets pushed into the grinder and his arm is ripped off. Fortunately, Eben is able to throw the attacking vampire into the grinder as well, which is very satisfying. But Billy screams because he's been bitten and he starts to turn. And being the good friend and and diligent co-worker he is, Eben has to get his axe and cut off Billy's head. Yeah. And this is, I, to me, one of the best like, kills, the moment of gore in the movie, because it is a long, very good one, a very methodical chopping, blood spraying all over Evan's face and eyes. And then I'm like, wait, if you get it in your mouth or eyes, do you turn? Yeah, I guess I still, we will end this movie with me still having a ton of questions about yeah. logistics, but sure. So Denise finds within, like, you know, the utility store, she finds chocolate vitamins and vodka, and she's like, we might as well just fucking party until the end of the month, which brings us to day 29, Allison. They're still at the utility door, and Denise tells us one day until sunrise. So they've really made it, the ones who made it. I'm impressed. Very impressed. But they still haven't heard from Stella. Mm. But uh, the walkie-talkie crackles to life finally, and it's Stella. She says she and Gail are alive, and they're making our way to the utility door. 
But unfortunately, they are very close within spinning distance of Utildor, but the vampires suddenly showed up and are in the street. So she and Gail are alive, but underneath a car wreck and are basically starting to freeze to death. So if you guys could figure that out, like what to do. But there's like a mass of vampires. This is not something we've run into before. And also if they were to find out Stella and Gail were there, obviously they would kill them as well. Mm. Um, But luckily even, he is our hero. He tells Stella over the walkie-talkie, I'm coming to get you. And tomorrow we're going to watch the sunrise together. Allison, as they look through the window, these streets start filling with oil. The vampires have sabotaged the pipeline. Uh, okay. Was that a plan? Well, apparently, because we see the head vampire light a match and toss it. Okay. And I was like, oh, they want to smoke everyone else out. But then I was like, oh, no, they actually want to burn the town down. But wh- why? And also, why? that's so huge. That will be, that will Isn't tip that people off. Where they live now? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, even if somebody are they headed somewhere else next? I I I don't know. Like it's mm-hmm. I, that that that's where I started to be like, okay, so I guess I don't know really understand. I didn't understand what their plan. But either way, no, I guess I yeah. guess not. And our gang is fucked either way, you know. And so even says yeah. he's gonna go try to rescue Stella and Gail, even if he has to like go up against these vampires. And because basically it's like, if I don't get them, either the vampires will get them or they've set this on fire so they will burn. So that, like, I have to go, you know? And Jay tries to tell him, like, if you go out there, they will also come find all this. Mm-hmm. But Evan's got a plan, Allison. I and he does. here's what the plan is. Because I, I, it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm, you know, we're out of, you're in a, uh, between a rock and a hard place. Evan withdraws blood from Billy's severed head, which, again, he died uh, at least a week ago, over a week ago. And Would it, you still have blood? I guess you would be thinking it would congeal. It wouldn't be liquid yeah. anymore, right? It would yeah. be like a jelly. Clotted? Yeah, it would clot. It would start to dehydrate, I imagine. Anywho, I uh, in this movie, he's able to take— He still has liquid blood. —blood and injects himself with it. And he tells them, John and Carter, they were both bitten and they stayed human for a while. I, I think if I if I go up against them as a vampire, I will be able to defeat them. And then what? You kill him? I guess so. Everyone, of course, freaks out at this idea, but um, Eben's well, already now. doing it. Yeah, he's like shaking yeah. and collapsing. When he wakes up, he goes, I can smell your blood. And if I'm everyone else, I'm like, Okay, so you're just going to kill us right now? Right. Like, how do how are we supposed to feel safe through this plan? How many minutes do you think you're going to be in control of being a vampire? Right. Ten? Yeah, it's not something that you're just like, I'm I'm willing myself to not. Yes, exactly. Okay. Allison, he walks out that front door to be a hero. And this is where I'm like, okay, it's, it is hard to write a movie. I'm not saying that. Uh, even meets the vampires in the middle of the town as the town burns around them. So basically, he's confronted in the middle of the street. It's him versus like 12 uh, vampires. And he starts kicking the head vampire's ass. And in classic movie m- moment, sure. none of the other vampires run over to help. But I was like, if it was him versus 12 of them at once, he mm-hmm. would, it would be over. But yeah. And the guy's still a vampire, so he's able to like, grab Evan's head and just start smashing right. it into a car hood. Aren't they both, like, undead now? Exactly. Like, if anything, it's just even for whatever. And then eventually he'll become a vampire and, like, ostensibly you would join them. Also, Stella and baby Gail are looking from under the car watching the love of her life, her ex-husband, getting her ass, his ass handed to him by a, a vampire as the town burns down. 
And he yells to them, go! And she and Gail are able to run to the Utilidor. And they, they're, they're, luckily their brawl is enough of a distraction. So he and the head vampire are duking it out, bare knuckle boxing, and the head vampire is kicking his ass because he's a vampire. He's been a vampire longer. He knows his strength. Sure. Yeah, he knows what's going on. And just when you think the head vampire will be victorious, the stupidest thing I've seen in a movie in a long time happens. Oh, the head vampire runs at Eben, who throws a punch that goes straight into the head vampire's mouth and through the back of his head. I'm sorry. Um, not as sorry as I was because it also looks, the the uh, special effects are also bad. Okay. And when the rest of the vampires see this, they look and they realize the first light of dawn is peeking through the clouds. Uh-oh. They must leave. And we don't even see them leave. Where? And so he even says, should we go find them? No, but maybe. But also, like, so they got out of their ship and they left? Like, Stella comes out of the utility okay. door and says to even, what did you do to yourself? And he says, what I had to do. Bitch, no, you didn't. Huh? Like, it was going to, dawn was 45 minutes away. And I understand Stella and Gail were not doing well. I'm sympathetic to that. But, like, once they ran inside, you could run inside. Or you yeah. could leave or I do anything. Like, it's just like, it just, anyways, you know, he, he tells her, it's almost dawn. We made it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Stella starts to cry because he uh, is now a vampire and ejected himself in vampire blood. So, as we see, there are other villagers emerging from their home, which, mm-hmm. which by the mm-hmm. way, is being burned mm-hmm. down uh, as they speak. Stella takes Eben up to the cliff over the town to watch the dawn. And they mm-hmm. kiss goodbye. And as she holds him, the light's rays hits, hit him. And Eben burns like a charcoal briquette, turning into ash. And he screams as Stella holds him to her chest. The end. Huh. Huh. That was my take on it. Huh. Huh. Elsa, when I saw that that punch go in that vampire's mouth, I thought, I was like, let's wrap. Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap. Had to end it somehow. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Let's wrap that up right up. I still enjoyed it, but it was a little, yeah, it was unfortunate. It's like, all right, we, we lost some logic here at the end and, yeah, didn't quite land the plane. Um, Alsa, what are some fatal mistakes you think were made in 30 Days of Night? Fatal mistakes. I'm impressed they all survived as long as they did. Absolutely. I would say that the town should have more than just, like, dogs and one helicopter as options to get out during the 30 days of no flights. Yeah. Like, I I do feel like... Even if it's only, like, 150 people that stick around, like, if something happens, like, they do need options. Though I guess if there was a second helicopter, like, they would have just ruined that, too, or something. So, I don't know. Yeah. No, but everybody I, I think it's, yeah. did a good job. And t- I mean, in the end, like, I, I mean, I guess it worked, but, like, I don't understand how the, the transitioning into a vampire became, like, a, a useful tool for, you know, I, I For think- beating them. You know, I guess you're in a really high-pressure situation, so who are we to judge? But and I you just do, make a decision. Yeah, it was really, I think, um, really a swing and a miss, if you, if you yeah. had asked me. And, yeah. um, I, you know, but it's still, hey, you know, still enjoyed it. Uh, and then where would you uh, put 30 Days a Night on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think that this is a five. 
It's oh, just okay. kind of right down the middle of like, there's scary stuff, there's gory stuff. It's also taking place with like vampires, which we all know aren't real, which brings it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I do think that like, you know, the constant nightfall is a great horror yes. location situation to to put people in. And I do think kind of the like not not knowing while not knowing the rules does make it like a complicated movie. Like it does make the how do we know if we can go outside if they won't find us? Like that stuff. Yeah. All kind of scary. So yeah, I think I think I think a five yeah. for me. What about you? Um, I'm gonna give it a four because I do agree like yeah. the, fir- the initial setup and all that stuff's happening. And I thought yeah. Ben Foster's weird Renfield character was really, like, fun and very yeah. affecting because it was, like, you know, just t- talk about how they're all going to die. And then, yeah, by the end, it's like, okay. And I think I may have—it's, like, I almost needed to know either less about the vampires. Like, I, w- I would rather prefer mm-hmm. the vampires are almost like wolves, like, more animalistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or then they're fully or fleshed out characters. Out. Exactly. Yes. Like, we're either getting more or less. But the amount we have, I'm just like— where are you from? Where did you get those clothes? What was the plan? What happens when you right. eat everyone? Why do you bring How them all How long have town? you been alive? Are right. you alive? Yeah. I, you know, it's Where like- Where did you a, meet you know. your Renfield? Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> yeah. again, still enjoyed it. And it was really, yeah. I, I'd be interested in um, reading the comic book version of it, which maybe gets into more of this. Oh, that'd be um, interesting. But yeah, there were certain things I'm like, well, all right, all right. I guess I'll take your word for it. I guess. Um, all right. Uh, and then finally, before, I, I guess we've arrived at the end. We have arrived at the end. Sunlight is peeking over the bluffs, Allison. I am turning into ash as we oh, speak. Oh, yes. Um, and until next time, guys, please. Please. Keep it spooky. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for show updates. And if you're just as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a radio point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Ewa Okalati. Mm-hmm.